Let's talk about progress. Here at AFBG, we're all about embracing progress, big or small. We celebrate those little victories because they are just as important, especially on our journey to financial well-being. Like setting aside savings each month, but still leaving room for that perfume you've been dying to have. Because here, we believe in treating ourselves, okay? And Chime is here to make that journey even smoother. My favorite feature Chime offers is Spot Me. It's fee-free overdraft up to $200. And you even get paid up to two days earlier with direct deposit. And let me tell y'all, it's like Christmas when that check hits early, baby. So say goodbye to those stressful overdraft experiences and hello to a financial institution that truly cares about your well-being. With Chime, you'll join millions of members working towards financial progress. Plus, there are no monthly fees or maintenance fees, and you get access to over 60,000 fee-free ATMs nationwide. Y'all, it's time to take more control of your finances and say goodbye to monthly fees. Open your Chime account in minutes at chime.com affirmations. That's chime.com affirmations. Chime feels like progress. Are you ready to take charge of your wellness journey? Introducing Equilibria's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense, the ultimate three-in-one capsule for digestive health and gut barrier protection. Made by a woman-owned wellness brand, Equilibria ensures you're never alone on your path to well-being, offering personalized one-on-one support. EQ's Microbiome Defense is not just any probiotic supplement. It's carefully crafted with probiotics studied specifically for women's health, supporting digestion, immunity, and even skin health. Plus, with consistent use, you'll notice improved energy, mood, and radiant skin. I'm most excited about overall gut health. As I get older, I'm realizing the importance of a healthy gut, and EQ's Microbiome Defense makes it easy. Are you ready to experience the benefits firsthand? Head to myeq.com and use code AFFIRMATIONS for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code AFFIRMATIONS at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. Hey, AFBG family, welcome to the pod. Today's episode is a video podcast, so watch us on the Affirmations for Black Girls YouTube channel for a different experience or just keep on listening. Burnout. What is it and why has it become a buzzword? In today's episode of the podcast, we will be joined by a special guest, Kelly Bonner, who is the host of the Black Girl Burnout podcast. Kelly Bonner is a licensed therapist with over 15 years of experience helping people and organizations transform, evolve, and heal burnout. She believes Black women have been systemically taught that their legacy is struggle, while their legacy is actually one of joy and accomplishment. In her day job, Kelly transforms workplaces by reducing burnout and bias, resulting in increased innovation and inclusion. She provides a framework for leaders to understand the deeper organizational issues that lead to symptoms of burnout and how to solve them at the core. Today, Kelly and I will be diving into burnout, sharing our stories with burnout, and talk about what it looks like for Black women. So let's jump in. Powerful. 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 
What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. This is the Affirmations for Black Girls podcast, where we focus on personal growth and cultivating a healthy relationship with ourselves. I am your host, Tyra the Creative, actress, content creator, and mental health enthusiast. And you guys, we have a very special guest. We have Kelly Bonner with us today, and she is going to lead us in our affirmation of the week. This week's affirmation is there's more and more and still more. There is more and more and still more. There is more, more and still more. There is more and 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 more and still more. Oh my gosh. First of all, your voice is so soothing. And I really felt that. Oh my gosh. So you were just telling me that's your affirmation of the year, right? Yes, it is my affirmation for the year. I really, this year is about joy and linked strongly to that is abundance. And so for me, I really wanted to let go of the fear that so many of us have Mm -hmm. that this is the last thing we're going to get. This is the last opportunity we have. This is the last partner we're going to ever be with. That Mm. hangs out in our energy so much. And so what would it be like to understand that there is more and more and still more for us? Like there's just never ending. And I will tell you, I do this for myself as you do the same, right? Mm -hmm. I I got to practice what I preach. Yeah. And it has changed things, business opportunities, connections with people. When I get upset or I feel like, oh, I missed an opportunity, I immediately erase that and say, mm-hmm. wait a minute, there's yeah. more and more and still more for me. And then there'll be like an email or I have a little dust up or I say I have to set some boundaries and change some friendships or just move some things around, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. I say that to myself, even like down to like dinner plans. I have to cancel like, okay, I can't go this time. I need to just rest. Right. (laughs) It's like, and then I want to be like, no, no, I should go. But what if, and I say, no, there's more, there's more. I love that. I, it's so simple, but it's so powerful. It just really reinforces the abundant mindset, like point blank period, like that. I'm going to take that. I'm going to write it on all of my mirrors and I'm going to say that every day because I I love that. I really, really do. That's amazing. It's just That's really amazing. great to open, right? It opens yeah. your life up and opportunity. And we live in such a world where like we feel like so much scarcity. And I think as Black women too, we know from history like there's some real reasons for us to feel like there's not a lot mm-hmm. of more in our lives, right? Mm-hmm. Like when we look oh, back yes. in history, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you know, we're battling against people who tell us that like, there's only so many people who can get this job and black women are, you know, last to get picked to be partnered mm-hmm. with and all these different things, right. That give us the idea that there's not more. Yeah. And yet when you step outside of that and open yourself up, 
you start to see them more. You start mm-hmm. to have it in your life. And we could all use that. Look, there's no one who can't use that right now. Right. Let's just say it one more time for me. I just need it once more. There is more and more and still more. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm super excited to jump into our episode today. Um, So you guys did just hear a little bit about Kelly in the intro, but introduce yourself. Tell the audience what you want them to know about you. Okay. Uh, All of the stuff that you would not think. So I'm going to (laughs) be, I'm going to say like, I am someone who is in recovery from burnout. Like that's the first Mm. thing I want people to know that when I talk about this and I podcast about it, like you do, I talk about it from the fact that I'm beside you on this journey because that's who I am. So I'm a recovering person who had burnout and now I get to kind of be a creative, which is what's really important to me. Mm-hmm. And so I consider myself a creative as well, who podcasts, I'm a podcaster, I have a podcast called Black Girl Burnout. And I am like a pop culture enthusiast and media consumer. And I'm currently fighting an addiction to TikTok. So <laughs> anybody wants to give me any details about that, how to conquer that addiction, I'm all ears. Those are like the highlights of who I am. There's so much more, but like the the parts that your audience is going to care about, uh-huh. like a podcast, I'm, <laughs> I talk about burnout and burnout expert who's battling with burnout. And, you know, I love me some TikTok and some pop culture. <laughs> I think we all as a nation, as a as a universe, are addicted to TikTok and need to I figure out so. how to <laughs> what are we gonna do stop. if they ban it. I'm not gonna be okay. Oh, yes. I'm gonna need help. I'm gonna yes. need to take a I'm gonna have to do my own affirmation and be like, there'll be another app, Kelly. There's more. There's, There's more. More, more. There's more apps. There's more apps out there. <laughs> what I've had to do is I've had to start setting hard boundaries. So I have all of the focus modes on my phone. So right now my phone is in work mode. So I don't get any social media notifications at night. At nine o'clock on the dot, it goes into sleep mode. And every 15 minutes, it'll say, okay, you spent 15 more minutes on social media. So I can keep track of it that way. And just to like remind myself, Tyra, this is valuable time that you're spending on these apps and you're not getting sleep. So you're not energizing yourself for tomorrow's day. So that's what I've been doing because I can, it's just embarrassing. I can just scroll all day. It's, it's crazy. It's built that way. So I'm like, I'm out here. I do the same thing. I have a like hard, my phone goes into sleep mode. The screen goes gray. So it's mm-hmm. like, it's going to be depressing if I do try to scroll <laughs> on top of it. Right. Yeah. So I do try to to set those boundaries because I will, oh, I got 15 minutes. I could do something important. Oh, no, mm-hmm. no. Let me get on social media. And I've been really conscious about saying, let's not, mm-hmm. let's do something else that mm-hmm. might build for our future or our pe- mental health. Although I do think TikTok is good for my mental health. For me, it has been great in small doses. I yeah. thoroughly have enjoyed it. <laughs> I think we all have. And it, it can be a beautiful place. It really can. Um, so today we are diving into the world of burnout. I'm so excited to touch on this. I I haven't talked about burnout on my podcast, so I'm super excited. So back in, oh my gosh, when was that? I was in culinary school and I I think that's when I experienced my first burnout, but I didn't know what it was. And I was just, I don't know. I didn't want to do anything. So my, my first question for you, since you are recovering from burnout, I love that you said that, um, is what is burnout and what can it look like in Black women? 
Yeah. So burnout is really, I say simply, it's when there is more asked of you than you give, more demands than resources. And the more that happens, the more demands, the less resources, the quicker you end up in burnout. And what it really looks like in practice is like you feel a couple of things. One is like you're exhausted. It's a physical mm. and emotional exhaustion. Things that took you five minutes to do, you end up feeling like I I couldn't do it if you gave me a million dollars to do, yeah. right? It just becomes more difficult. The other thing that happens is like people get really cynical. And it's mm-hmm. just like where you had like enthusiasm and excitement about a person, a job or things like that, you no longer have that. And then the last piece that's really sad is that many times what happens is the very thing that we want to do, like we're fighting to be good at put X, like our craft or our profession or be a great mom, whatever that is we end up not being as good. You have decreased performance, right? It it ends up undermining your best effort. And I think for Black women, we're probably, and I think the world in general is probably operating in a state of like low level burnout or languishing is what they call it. But I think for Black women, the, the reason why I talked about Black girl burnout is I think there is some unique factors. I think one of them is that we are also dealing with historical and and continuous, like we have generational trauma that we are trying to manage. And then we're also in the present dealing with historic like injustices and Mm -hmm. discrimination and oppression that shows up in our lives and how even like the media sees us. I mean, down to those pieces that we have like historical healing we have to do. And then we have to deal with what's happening right before our eyes and the challenges that are unique to Black women. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. The generational trauma part really, really, really got me because, and and that's the thing, like I've been reflecting on this in like my life and stuff. And I just really think like I grew up around women who were severely burnt out, but didn't necessarily know that that's what it was. And with me growing up with them, for me, that's just how they are. You know what I mean? And I think it's so important to sit with yourself, take inventory, figure out, okay, this is not who I, just who I am. What is it? Let me put a name to it so I can figure out how to get out of this. So, oh my gosh, that's just like, that's just mind boggling to me that generational trauma has so much to do with with it as well because we can continue those same cycles and it's like oh well my mama did this I guess that's why I'm like yes. this one no it can just be that you're burnt out from all of the overwhelming things that you have going on yeah there's something really this is why I really was interested in black women and I wanted to talk about our struggles as a group is that I, I talk to black women all the time and And they say things like, and I ask them, you know, and I realize this, you know, I had a great mother, I had a great grandmother, I had great women in my life who did Mm. such great work. And even for folks who didn't have, let's say, great mothers, right, or Mm -hmm. great, like grandmothers, but they knew like, my mom did her best, right? Yeah. But what we will talk about, even when you're talking positively about the women in your life who came before you, we don't talk about joy. It's very oh. few black women who talk yes. about my mom was such a joyful mom. It was more like my mom made the best case scenario is my mom loved me. Mm-hmm. She did whatever she had to do to, to take care of me and put food on the plate. But we also grew up believing that adulthood equaled exhaustion. Yes. That adulthood equaled trial, struggle, and particularly the concept of struggle. And so the that's what led me to even talk about this the way I talk about it to black women is we ended up believing mistakenly believing that 
our legacy and our inheritance as women and black women is one of struggle mm-hmm. and exhaustion. It's one of burnout mm-hmm. and yet not understand that there's, there's another option. There's another way that we can opt out of that legacy. That's a lie, right? It's mm-hmm. created outside of our family, outside of what our parents wanted for us and, and the women that we know. It's something that's been placed upon us and we believe. And so we continue because yeah. we believe it. We're like, well, yeah, this is what adulthood looks like. And if you believe it's going to be struggle and trial, you don't think about joy. You don't say, well, maybe my adulthood could be filled with joy and accomplishment oh. because it's not available to you. Just assume yeah. this is the way it's going to be. Mm-hmm. I was having a conversation with my brother about that. And we were just reflecting on our childhood. My mom had me when she was 21 years old. And when I think about who I was at 21, just because she gave me such a girl, you know, a better life. I no, ma'am. I, my mama was 25 with a full-time job. I just got my first full-time job. I'm 28 years old. And it's just, it's just so crazy how, like you said, like we grew up or they grew up thinking that this was the only option. And I think, I think that since, um, I watch a lot of videos on how like this generation paves the way for the next generation and things. I really do think that my mom's generation paved the way for me and my brother to be able to experience joy. And it's just, it's crazy that that's how, how it happens. But I I really think that that's a part of my story. It is. And I think it's part of, that's what I frame for people. If for no other reason, should you prefer, should you like pursue a life of joy? It should be to honor Mm-hmm. your ancestors and the people who came before you mm-hmm. because that's what they would have wanted even the folks that need the most healing and may have been struggling at the end of the day if they were healthy and really well what would they want for us mm-hmm. they would want us to have a life filled with joy and so i do it for my mother i do it for my grandmother i do it for the generations before them as much as i do it for myself because mm-hmm. i want my mom's sacrifice to not be yeah. in vain yeah and i want to model for her that she can still have a life of joy exactly. because She's given birth to a child who's do it, who's on a path to make sure that she has more joy in her life. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I love that you said that because I was literally just making a list the other day of just enriching things that I wanted to do with my mom because my mama is a lawyer. She had me when she was young and she was in school most of my childhood. She's very work, work, work and little bit of play. And I said, mom, we need to take a pottery class. We need yeah. to take, let's take a floral arrangement class. Things that literally we're just doing to bring more joy to our lives. And she was like, I've never thought about that. And it's it's crazy that if you are so burnt out or if you're so stressed and overwhelmed with your daily stressors that there's really no room to think about, okay, how can I add more joy to my to my life? Unless you're sitting and reflecting on what's going on and taking inventory in that. You need space, right? You need space. And so many, like you said, you talk about honoring a legacy. Do you always have the space if you're busy trying to raise children and like balance school? And it's hard to make the space. And then I also think who taught us? Mm -hmm. Who do you know that's out there? I think now generationally, there's more people talking about it. But 10, 20 years ago, who was talking about make space and take time for you and get up in the morning and tell your your kids, okay, figure out cereal. I'm mm-hmm. going to sit and journal for 10 mm-hmm. minutes. Who was teaching folks that? That's And certainly not Black folks, yeah. that, right? Like yeah. that seemed like that was available only to middle-class white women who were stay-at-home moms, right? Yeah. 
and had a nanny. It mm-hmm. didn't seem like it was achievable. And so I feel like now we're in a space where we can do that more. And I think it's wonderful. I think that's a great suggestion. It's like thinking of back, if you have a decent relationship with your mother, what can you do to bring joy and how can you kind of encourage them to put more joy into their lives in small little ways? And I think, yeah, mm-hmm. take a pottery class, do something yeah. that's fun. They will thank you for it. Yeah, I think the the biggest driving factor behind it for me is thinking, okay, how can I help my mom be present? Because yeah. when you're thinking about all of these things, you're never present in the moment. Pottery, you got to be present because the clay, listen, the clay <laughs> owns you, okay? <laughs> it owns you. So I've just been thinking about things like that, taking a hike, being out in nature, asking her about what you think that cloud looked like, mom? You know, little things like that, that you wouldn't necessarily pay attention to when you're worried about all of this and all of the things that are outside of you. I make it a point every single day, especially if I'm feeling a little overwhelmed, I'm going outside and I'm looking at the trees and I'm looking at the sky and I'm saying how beautiful it is today. That's one thing that really helps bring, bring me back to the present moment. And I think everyone should spend some time doing the same thing. What is mm-hmm. that? I think everyone, the science tells us that walking in nature, being in nature in some mm-hmm. way is so healing for us, but it could be something for you. It could be for somebody else. It could be just getting in a bubble bath or just oh, yes. reading a book or having some kind of moment where they're like, or performing arts. Like there's some, there's a lot of ways to connect and ground. It could be, I'm a singer and I just need to go sing for a little bit, mm-hmm. even if it's just in my room, right? I yeah. just need to connect with that whatever that is, but the most important piece is that you know it. And that's what you know, whatever that is, you need to build it. And it doesn't have to be this hour long thing you have to do Mm -hmm. that may derail your day because you're like, I don't have an hour. It could be, like you said, five minutes walking around the block, just sitting outside on your steps, Mm -hmm. taking it all in is more than enough. It's that you do it regularly. It doesn't have to be long. It just has to be consistent. Five minutes is more than enough to disrupt the negative in your life. Oh, yes, definitely. So I, even if it's, let's say you don't even have five minutes, take a deep breath. Yes. Five seconds, 10 seconds. That works wonders. I used to be a very high stress person and I, like it trickles down. So when I started learning to just take a deep breath, it, oh, I can't even vocalize how life-changing that was for me. That was the beginning of my journey of being present and letting go of the stresses that plague me every single day. Yeah. Even just saying one of the affirmations that mm-hmm. you have given of the many that you have given any one of those that takes like 10 seconds, mm-hmm. 20 seconds to repeat a couple times to yourself and take yep. a deep breath. That is enough. Again, we just want to interrupt. We want to mm-hmm. interrupt the stress yes, and yes. get you thinking about something different so you can return to whatever you got to do mm-hmm. with a kind of renewed sense and energy to continue on. And, and however you do that, there is no real wrong way as long mm-hmm. as you're taking time and it's thoughtful and it actually makes you feel good. It nourishes you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, I love that. I love this entire conversation. Okay. Let me, let me move to the next question. Cause I have all of these questions are selfish questions because I want to know. all of this. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So when you are feeling burnt out, what should the process look like from start to finish in a sense of let's say that 
you're a person who may not really have a good relationship with yourself, you know, and you don't necessarily know, like, is this burnout? What, 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 what should the process look like for someone who's getting into this? Yeah, I think the first thing that I talk about burnout a lot as a betrayal of self. And so I think Mm -hmm. a lot of times what happens is like when we forget ourselves and I was just having this fantastic conversation the other day with another black woman, we were talking about, we really conditioned women particularly. And I think people in general that like the last frontier of life is understanding yourself. Yeah. Like we don't start there. We just go through life and then we're like, ah, and then we call it midlife crisis, quarter life crisis, right? Really it's just identity. Mm -hmm. And so part of it is for me is when I tell people that are healing from burnout, the first thing I say is get clear on what matters to you. Take some time to think about what are the things that matter? What are my values? However you want to phrase it. What do I think about the qualities that make that I'm proud of in myself that I want more of in my life? And a lot of times what helps you determine how burned out you are is how often those things are showing up versus not. Mm -hmm. So if you say compassion is really important to me and all those things, like I'm a person who wants to live in a compassionate world and you're like out here cussing your neighbor out and you're out here doing all these different things, it begins to tell you, wait a minute, or you go through your whole day and you're like, I'm wishing evil on a lot of people who should have it coming. Mm -hmm. It makes you think, okay, am I burned out? Because I said compassion is so important to me Mm -hmm. and I'm going through my days really not compassionately in Mm -hmm. any sense of the word. And so coming back to what matters to folks is a good test of how burned out they might be if they're living their values, but also reframes for them what is important again. And oftentimes it's not the things that we are so burnt out about. I've been Mm -hmm. burnt out. And when I thought about, I'm like, this is literally, it's killing me. Mm -hmm. And when I put it down on a piece of paper, it's not in the top 10 of what I would want in my life. And Mm -hmm. here I am, it's midnight filling out paperwork. And that's not on my list of things that are my dreams or my values, right? And feeling like I need to do that. And it's in that gap that the burnout came and stayed for a long time, as long as I wasn't honoring what really mattered. Mm -hmm. Mm, I love that. This portion of the episode is sponsored by Athletic Greens. I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day. I decided to give AG1 a try because this year I'm being intentional about taking better care of my body and filling it with the nutrients it needs. Long story short, y'all, AG1 just makes it better for me to live my best life. So AG1 is an all-in-one formula that's packed with 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food source ingredients that give me major benefits like gut and mood support. It helps boost my energy, helps with recovery, and it also supports immunity. I take AG1 in the morning before my workout, and I've noticed the biggest difference in my energy levels. AG1 has given me peace of mind because all I have to do is add one scoop to some water once a day, drink it, and I'm covered nutritionally no matter what I eat. Now, I know this is an ad, but AG1 is easy to keep up with because it's one supplement versus taking 17 vitamins a day to get all of the nutrients you need. And it has been a part of my daily routine now since November 2022. And it just makes me feel great and accomplished. So if you're looking for an easier way to take supplements, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. So go to athleticgreens.com slash affirmations. That's athleticgreens.com slash affirmations and check it out. And I also linked it down in the show notes for you. Now let's get back into the episode. (music) 
how old was I? Maybe around the age of 21, 22, when someone said what matters the most to me, I didn't know how to answer that. It feels like a, a fully loaded question and that just stressed me out more. So for people who may feel that way, how can they take it step by step? How can they eat this elephant one bite at a time? Yeah, I think hopefully it starts with what do you like about yourself? Just start there and and really push yourself to figure it out. Because underneath that is going to find out what matters to you, right? Like I like that I'm a creative or I like that I take care of myself. Maybe you're like, I'm a person that's always got the best fashion on. It may not seem connected to burnout, but you begin to think about what do I like about myself? I always look fly. That's Mm -hmm. what I like about myself. No matter what's going on, I look good. So what about, let's unpack that. So what about looking fly matters to you? It's like, I, I just love being colorful and I love being excited about what I put on. Okay, so what matters to you is feeling passionate and being drawn to bright, beautiful things. Beauty matters to you and not in a superficial way, in a really like a really kind and, and un, all-encompassing way. And so you start with what you like about yourself. If that's a sticking point, think about who's the person you want to be. Mm-hmm. Like if you could imagine the best version of yourself what is she doing? How is she living? So sometimes we're like, I don't really like who I am right now, but who would you like to be? Where Mm -hmm. would you like to go? And really starting to think about what that is. Underneath that is your values. Underneath that is the things that matter to you because what you're daydreaming about or wanting for yourself and what you like about yourself is what matters. And that's that. That's that. And that's that. Oh my gosh. And I'm just smiling so much because I wish I had this conversation in early 2016 when I was just feeling like, God, I, why am I, what am I, what am I here to do? Like, what is going on? Like, I, there's so many things racing through my head. I went to, so I'm an actress first. I went to school for theater. Then I went to culinary school, two totally different things. You know what I mean? So I was like, okay, what am I about to do? What am I doing with my life? I graduated early. I was still young. I'm like, I still want to be a child, but I'm technically a grown up. What am I, (laughs) what am I doing? So I went through a phase where I was so burnt out. I, what did I do? I almost quit my job. I didn't because I still had to pay my rent and stuff, but I, I didn't want to do anything. And I was only 22 years old. So this conversation, this is, this is definitely golden. So you guys, please write down everything that Kelly is saying, all of these questions and sit with them. You don't have to have the right, the right answer. The first time you think about it, just take some time to like meditate with it. And that's, that's something that I had to work on. I would always think when a question was asked to me, I had to have an answer. Or whatever I said then, I had to stick to it. You can always change it. You're always evolving. You're always growing. And once I started to realize that, that's when things stopped stressing me out so much, to be honest. Yeah, we don't take a minute. We're a society on the run. Mm. And even from ourselves, Mm -hmm. like we're running from ourselves a lot of the time. You know, even when we talk about jokingly, we started talking about TikTok, right? There are times where I'm like, I'm not trying to deal with this aspect of my life. Let me see what my favorite creator is doing on TikTok. And again, sometimes that's fine. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but we have conditioned ourselves not to sit still. And and it's, it's because we're afraid. And the thing is, it's like, that's not coming from us. This is where I go into like generational things and historical legacy. That's not coming from us. 
There are a lot of people who don't want to sit still because they don't like what they're going to see, but that's not coming from us. That's, that's somebody else's story. Our story is like, I'm going to sit still because I like what I'm going to find and what I don't like, I can change. Yeah. Cause there's still more, right. And more more. and more. So we get to do that. And so don't let the fear of standing still and giving yourself five minutes to think about your life, stop you from really accessing all of your potential and accessing joy because the stillness is what's going to give you the tools to live a joyful life. Because like you said, once you got still, you got clear. Mm-hmm. And then when you get clear, you get to go do the things that mean something to you and be the person you want to be. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think the last point I want to add to that about getting clear, I was um, at church like two weeks ago and the the sermon or the message was about clarity. And our pastor was saying, if you're not clear, sit still. And I think that definitely adds to what we're saying. Like we are always on the run, sit down, stay, sit. Because if you're moving and you're unclear, you can have your head down in the weeds and you look up and it's like, oh, I'm supposed to be about... (laughs) 10 miles that way, when if you would have just sat and stood still and and be still, you could have rerouted yourself or regrouped and figured out, okay, this is the next step that I need to take. What you said, all that. I agree. Stillness. And so if you feel the need to run, it's actually the time to be still. Mm -hmm. Think of it that way. It's like, okay, I really want to just avoid this. Take five minutes and think about it as it's the pathway to joy. I think the other Mm -hmm. thing we don't do is we think introspection is going to be painful. We're not going anywhere. No, no. It's actually, I want to be introspective. I want to think about myself. I want to think about what I want, even if it's a little uncomfortable, because it's the pathway to the life I dream of and the life I deserve. Yes. I guess my last question, because we really touched on all of my, my other questions throughout this whole conversation. How do we stop the cycle? We know how to get out of a burnout, but I feel like um, I've, I experienced burnout last year as well, and it creeped up on me. So how do we stop that cycle from happening? I think there's a couple of things we can do. That's a great question. And I, I also think set expectations. Like maybe we're not going to, I called, I had a spectacular burnout. I said when I turned 24, it was, it was like the thing, it was cinematic. It was <laughs> amazing. I told people what they're going to do to them. I was like, let me tell y'all about yourself and then left and quit. I had spectacular burnout. I was so like, it's so messed, so messed up and so crispy and fried by that point. <laughs> But I also want to set the expectation that it's not like it doesn't creep up on you. Like, I think that it's going to creep up on you, that their burnout is always like kind of lurking in the corner Mm -hmm. here. And so one, don't beat yourself up about it if you find yourself in burnout more than once. But the good news is it's probably not as bad as the first time Mm because if you set up some strategies. So what I would tell you to counteract that is, is make sure you have, again, that practical self-care component that you are prioritizing that. And when you start to feel annoyed, you start to feel like, I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of fried right now. Mm -hmm. Go back to the things that ground you, that center you, that connect you. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing. And like you said, beautifully, it doesn't have to be long, five minutes, but make sure you're doing it in your day, at least maybe once or twice a day that you have that touch point. The second thing I tell people is to really redefine their work and their purpose. Mm -hmm. And this one's a little more heavy to unpack. 
But ultimately what stopped me from getting to the point that I was before is I got clear again on what mattered. And then what became important to me that made me feel like I was doing something meaningful with my life was if I got to express the things that mattered in my day. Mm -hmm. So if I, you know, for me, authenticity is a big thing. And if I got to be myself for the majority of the day, then I had a successful day. And I think we often make it bigger than it has to be. And because we make milestones and goals and accomplishments so big, it stops us from accessing joy that we can do at any moment. Like Mm -hmm. I tell people, you can go to the ATM of joy anytime you feel like it. And there's no balance cap. You just have to go grab it and withdraw it. And the way you do that is by making joy in little things and by rethinking about what what makes a good day a good day. Mm-hmm. And it could be that I had a great conversation with you, Tyra. That's going to make my day for today. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to, it doesn't matter if I hit like some goal that I was working on, the things I didn't get done, like my laundry, or I was supposed to work out today. <laughs> like yeah. all those things. I think about, I had this great conversation and having energizing conversations is what matters to me. Mm-hmm. It's important. When we reframe it, we have a great conversation with a friend our days become more good than bad. And when we have mm-hmm. more good days, we're less likely to feel burned out. Oh, I love that. And I love how you said your career, separate career and purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, that is because, especially like as an actor, I have a lot of friends and I've also like fallen into this mindset of that is who I am. And it's like, no, I love to garden. I love to feed hummingbirds. I love to read up on random facts about roads and highways and things like that, the stars, you know, and I had to realize that I am a well-rounded person. I'm not just an actress, even though that's my career path. Like once I stopped putting so much emphasis on being an actor and that being like the, the sole purpose that I am here I've I've been a lot happier for sure. Who you are isn't what you do. Yeah. And there can be some overlap. Don't don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. I yeah. think being an actor is part of who you are, right? Yeah. But it's not all to who you are. And yeah. when we get stuck in that and having to be a, a certain thing, a title, we lose track of our ultimate purpose and we lose track of all the ways we can fulfill it. And it's not that you like will reject it or you can't do the the career that you're looking to do. It's that you expand your life and expand the opportunities to live your purpose Mm -hmm. and you reframe your work. You know, if what matters to you is that if I took time out or an I was expressive, I got to express myself today in some kind of form of art, then it's not so much dependent on an outcome. Yeah. How many audition callbacks did I get? How many things did I book? It becomes less dependent on that and more about, okay, a good day was I got to practice my craft Mm -hmm. and how that looks can be very open and wide versus so narrow, right? Mm -hmm. And we're really like outcome dependent folks that we need to like, did I get this thing? Yes or no. Do I have more followers? Yes or no. It's really on these kind of outcomes that we don't necessarily have control over all the time, but we do have control over the fact that we get to express what matters to us. And that is living in our purpose. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. The last thing I'm going to ask, what are some encouraging words? Like, let's say you're talking to your little sister. What are some encouraging words you would like to leave the audience with? 
Oh, this is a beautiful question. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, the pressure is on. What are some encouraging words? That joy is your birthright and never forget it and keep it at the center of who you are and what you stand for. Because when you really radically and assertively pursue joy, everything else kind of falls into place. And that there's a lot out there. There's a lot of opportunities to have your joy robbed from you, but don't let anyone take it and do it in small ways, bring joy into your life in small ways. And as a, as a way of having joy in your life, don't ever underestimate yourself. Like the pathway to joy is to knowing how big and broad and beautiful you are. And when you really embrace that and work toward embracing that, that is the way to get to joy. And so people will try to tell you you're this, that, and the other. No, no. My birthright isn't struggle. My birthright is joy. And I'm big, broad, beautiful, and expansive in all the wonderful ways. So you reject anyone telling you anything different. I think that's what I would, I'd want to know when I was, you know, in my twenties. And it's what I tell myself today, much older. (laughs) (laughs) That is so beautiful. I have to go and write all of this down and put it in a journal and then just read it over and over because that that was beautiful. Like Kelly said, we are a society on the run, even from ourselves. We have conditioned ourselves not to sit still, not to get quiet, not to process our daily stressors in a healthy way. Burnout can look like a lot of things, but it's important that we stop the cycle. It's important that we take the time to sit with ourselves and figure out what we truly want out of life and go for it and ask ourselves, what is important to me? How can I make sure that I'm living a life and living in a space where my wants and needs are a priority? Okay, now it's time for our fun closing segment. I didn't tell you about this at the top. No, I'm here for it. I'm excited. (laughs) I'm excited. Okay. Okay. So where am I going? Oh, right in front of me. So we have been doing a self-reflection series on the podcast where I answer a deep question for personal growth. So I have these cards from We're Not Really Strangers, and this is the self-reflection edition. So I'm going to pick one. And we're both going to answer it. I'm excited. (laughs) Okay. Let me grab a few. Tell me when to stop. Stop. I'm nervous. My heart just dropped. (laughs) This is a good one. What is one truth I've recently come to terms with? This is good. Okay. This is good. I think one of the truths that I've come to realize is that I'm in charge of expectations and levels in my life that I get to set the level and the expectation. And I knew that verbally for a long time. And I've been told that verbally, but I wasn't really practicing it. Mm -hmm. And I think I felt like I was letting other people do that. I'm an entrepreneur and I'm a creative, all these titles, right? Of who I am. Yeah. And I was letting that level set me and set expectations. Okay, well, because I'm this, I have to be that way. And what I have learned, the truth I have learned 
in short is that because I am in charge of what expectations I set and the level I set for myself, that if I set them, people will meet them. And I think that's the other truth underneath that. Like we stop, I stopped myself from setting setting expectations because I thought, well, you know, there's no one out there that'll be a partner like that. There's no, there's no person going to pay that price for my services. I told myself a lot of things. And what I realized is when I set the expectation, people show up to meet it. And Mm -hmm. it's a truth that I'm still learning firsthand as I've set those expectations in my personal life and my professional life with myself and believing in myself to meet the expectations that they can be met. When you set an expectation, people actually meet it. And that is such a wonderful, rewarding truth, I think, that I've learned. Mm -hmm. I love that. Mine. Oh, gosh. This last year has been a doozy for me. I've, I've had to come to terms with so many truths. Okay. Which one do I want to pick to talk about? I guess most recently I've come to terms with the truth that my community is what I make it. And it's important to be proactive versus reactive and not just know that, but do it. Um, Being proactive is something that I've always known is important, but after reflecting on my life and things that have happened, I realized that I have started to, or had started to take on more of a victim mindset. Oh my gosh, why is all of this happening happening to me? And even when I would pray and stuff, I'll be like, God, okay, why are you doing this? What's going on? Like, you know, (laughs) versus saying, okay, Tyra, what is there to learn from this? Um, what is being spotlighted in your life? Where do you need to grow? I've always said, why is all, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? And I would just react versus being proactive about it, which is what I'm leaning into now and building community um, because I'm from Louisiana, live in Los Angeles. All my family is in Louisiana. So I literally have to build a foundation out here and I have to put brick by brick, literally. I don't have family to just lean on because they were given to me. I get to choose everyone who's in my circle and I have to be proactive about it. I can't just let people fall into my life. I can't just let things happen and say, okay, well, this is what I got. I'm just going to, you know, do whatever with it. I have the right and I have the ability to say, this is what I want. I'm going to move in this direction. This is something that I want to add to my community. And by my community, I don't just mean the people around me, but the enriching things that I do on a daily basis, the things that I am interested in learning about and filling my time with. It's just all that this has been a huge truth that has just been more of an epiphany, I would say, versus something that I've had to come to terms with. But overall, Community, especially chosen community, is so important. And it's so beautiful when you're proactive about your atmosphere, your community, the people who are closest to you, the things that you do, the things that you fill your time with versus taking things on by happenstance and saying, okay, well, I guess I'm going to let you stay in my life. You know, Um, that's been something that has been super pivotal in my growth over the last four months. Yeah, same. I've, I've worked on, I can totally relate to that. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. I've done the same. I've 
said, oh, wait a minute. This doesn't just keep happening to me. Yeah. Where am I letting, where am I letting my ideas about community get in the way of me actually having the one that's actually healthy Mm -hmm. and healing for me. And there's so much power in community and so much opportunity for enrichment and growth. So I think that's beautiful. I'm also learning that that's also Mm -hmm. in the expectations (laughs) truth for myself too. Like I could set high expectations for my friends Mm -hmm. and they could maybe meet them. When yeah. I pick good friends, right? Yeah. People yeah. can help me out. So yeah. yes, I totally, I totally respect that. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's been literally, I've just been having epiphany after epiphany and I'm just like, okay, life is li- literally what you make it. Life is yes. what you make it. We know these things, but once you actually embody it, it's a whole different thing, whole different and feeling. It is so, it's overwhelmingly beautiful. Like yeah. it's such a great feeling to know that there, again, that there's more. And I don't think we get to know that until you're there. And then when you're there, you're like, I can't believe this is available to me mm-hmm. and how wonderful it is. And then something else happens when you're doing this work that's healing and wonderful. And you're like, not this too? And mm-hmm. you just can't even believe how the epiphanies translate into goodness coming into your life. And don't we all need as much of that as we can get Amen. in our world? We do. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was amazing. That was amazing. I have thoroughly enjoyed having you on the podcast, Kelly. This has been so fun and so enlightening. Yes, this has made my day. Like I said, really having these great conversations makes my day. That is all that we have for you guys today. Thank you so much for watching the Affirmations for Black Girls podcast. Or if you're listening, thank you so much for listening. Make sure that you subscribe, rate, review the podcast, and follow us on all of our socials. Follow us on IG at Affirmations for Black Girls, on Twitter at AFBG underscore podcast, and follow us on our YouTube channel where you're either watching right now or you're listening. So thank you so much, and I will see you again next week. This is Affirmations for Black Girls.